Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. As the tornado blew through uh, Barrie yesterday, I uh, was thinking back to when it happened in the 80s, and uh, I remember it uh, pretty clearly because we got turned around. We were partway up, uh, heading up north to go camping, and the 400 got shut down as they were dealing with the uh, the wreckage of that tornado and what blew through there uh, back then. I think it also went through uh, parts of Caledon as well. It really tore up a big stretch of the province. The difference between then and now, of course, is we've got cell phones everywhere and cameras everywhere, so we actually can see in real time as this thing whipped through Barry, and it is just unbelievably scary. You know, even when a big storm rolls through your own neighborhood, it can be a little intimidating at times. I can only imagine seeing this thing bearing down on you. Uh, and, and just how it goes through this neighborhood, and homes are completely destroyed, and then the house next to it, fine. Yeah. You know, guys sitting there having a beer. Yeah. Well, it, and it is true. I mean, they they call it the path of the tornado. When yeah. when you see its its wreckage, it literally is just a path through one stretch of that neighborhood mm-hmm. where, you know, the guy across the street uh because this happened on like a on like a T corner. The guy at the top of that T is looking out going, "Oh man, I mm-hmm. think I got a shingle off." You know, and the roof is missing from about three houses across the street from them. Yeah, there's some really crazy video. There's this one woman who basically comes out of her basement to find out that her house is is destroyed. Right, it's just it's just stuff everywhere. And when she walks outside, I mean, it's it is just amazing how strong. You know, you think of just the weight of things like cars mm. and all the wood and everything that's involved in these homes, and it just picks it up. Like it's a toothpick. Yeah. And, and, you know, you you can't fault them for going, why me? Like, Mm. why? (laughs) When it happens in in that located an area, Mm -hmm. right, where two doors down, they're fine. Yeah. And you just got to be thinking, why? why, How how does this happen to just my house? One of the great things uh, about Facebook, and, you know, we're so often quick to jump on them, but they have this feature now. I saw it show up on mine where if you have any friends in the Barry area, it'll show where they were and see if they were in a safe zone or not, which is is terrific. Yeah, it really is a a horrible situation. I mean, out of of all of it, I guess we we can happily report that... uh, that nobody died as of yet. I mean, we had eight to eight or so injuries, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and about the same amount of deaths back in 85 when it happened. So uh, at this stage of the game, uh, things seem to be good in that department. I always remember there was a guy who shared a story. He was on the air. He was doing a radio show in the afternoon when the one hit in uh, 1985. And I never forget, he took a call from a listener who was living in the midst of it. And he was really, really uh, dramatic, and rightfully so, of his explanation of what was unfolding around him, really painting an amazing picture. He goes on for about two or three minutes about how the barn beside his house is gone and cattle are floating through the air and this is happening and that's happening. His neighbor's house has disappeared. People are running through the streets and he's going on and on and on. And then he finishes with, dude, can you play some Zeppelin, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right. After all of that, how can you not? So great. That's so great. Anyhow, we uh, we wish the good people of Barry well, and uh, the insurance will take care of it. But there will be lots of memories that uh, will be lost and gone for good. That's the other thing too. Is how do you like? What do you grab on your way out this unsafe door? Now you know your insurance policy and a box of photos. I guess like. 
It's why I guess you should have somewhere in your house uh, an area of must grabs. Right. You know, okay. if, if anything, if anything goes wrong, because you just you know, you know think of it, like just everything you own. And, and and how it plays into your life on a day-to-day basis. From your pots and pans and cutlery to your kids' hockey gear to this to that, your golf bat. You know, it's just... Yeah, I was going to say, when I, you know, I, I had no thought of, of going down into the basement. Right. Even when you know, we get tornado warnings showing up on our phones and, right. and alerts now. But I'd have to say, you know, Adrian... Grab the kids and the dog. I'll get my golf clubs. I'll be <laughs> I was meet you say, down there. <laughs> in your house, Adrian would be like, are we safe? Are we good? And you'd be like, where are my tailor maids? Where are my tailor maids? I forgot to uh, mention yesterday, Lucky, and I apologize. Uh, congratulations. Right. You are now prepared to start uh, deep kissing and dry humping. As uh, yesterday was your two-week mark. Oh, that's right. Yes. So you're fully vaxxed now. So, so you can get out there and mingle. <laughs> Orgy 2021. Yeah. On its way. Right. Get out there and get at her. What are you going to do first? Who are you going to rub up on first? <laughs> you got a plan? You going to lick some uh, handrails? And- uh, no. 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 That's that's the one thing. You know, the you know, we've talked about it before too. Just you know, looking back on things like stadiums and concerts, and how many mm. times you just touched everything there and then jammed mm-hmm. something down your pile. It is, it's it's going to be weird to start getting fully back into it as it, things reopen. Just seeing uh, landmark cinemas uh, going to reopen, and they Good. say that uh, uh, masks and distancing in common areas. But once you're in your seat, and uh, back to old times. Well, as much as it's uh, exciting to hear that we are opening up, then you hear, on the other hand, the World Health Organization saying, no, we are far from out of this thing. And you see so many countries who are still struggling right. to well, get people vaccinated. But I, I, you know what, I think it might have to come to, and I know uh, Canada now talking about opening up its borders to America, but still uh, shutting it down to uh, people from Europe. Uh, I think if this carries on for an extended amount of time and more and more variants uh, come into play, there might have to be rules put in place that if you want to come into this country from anywhere, you're going to have to show a vaccine passport because yeah. well, well, that's, we can't and, have them dragging this stuff back into this country from well, elsewhere. And that's what the rules, you know, as they talk about that border reopening, and this, this all came down last night in a, uh, Trudeau didn't make the statement. It was part of a conference call with the uh, premiers yeah. and the notes from that call say yes. It, and, and all of these border restrictions lifting, uh, they're saying mid-August for Canada, U.S., and maybe early September for international. They all are for only fully vaccinated travelers. Yeah. So although Doug Ford says in Ontario they're not going to have a vaccine passport, you don't have to take the vaccine if you don't want to, mm. there are going to be restrictions if you're not fully vaccinated on what you can do. And and as Ontario has said for so long, I think Ontarians as a majority were upset last year that the border restrictions weren't in place. Mm. So... Yes, we have made great progress, especially Canada. 80% of people in Canada have had a first shot, 50% now fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That's great. But when you look at the rest of the world, lagging way behind, and, and next week will be a great example when you look at the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, and I, listen, you can talk about people's freedoms and rights all you want. If I decided that I wanted to take a trip to New Zealand and New Zealand said, listen, nobody's coming into our country unless you can prove you're totally vaccinated, I would 100% applaud that. They're protecting their people. Right. As I would want to see Canada do the same. And I would happily, because of the well-being of other people, and this is what it's all about. It's not about your freedoms 
freedoms and rights. All we're asking you to do is help keep everybody safe. And so if you have to eventually get a passport, like you have to show a passport from the country you live in, if I've got to go to the airport and now fly to Cambodia, then uh, here's my two passports. One to show I'm fully vaccinated. I mean, when people go to Africa and all over the world, Asia, they take thousands of dollars in vaccines. I got a buddy, his whole family for his 50th went all over Asia. Spent like $2,000 in vaccines before they left to make sure they weren't going to get sick. It's just the way of the world now. It is what it is. This planet is getting smaller. We're getting bigger. We're mingling a lot more than we ever did before. Yeah. So I I would happily walk around with a vaccine passport, happily. Well, and, and, you know, even traveling Caribbean and Mexico, you're taking things like, you know, malaria medications Mm -hmm. and, you know, hep C stuff. Uh, it's it's long been a part of travel is that you make some preparations yeah. beforehand. Yeah. No. So uh, for those of you who still are waving your flag of independence, it's time to put that flag down. <laughs> it's time to start waving a white flag. You lost. On Hulu, the premiere of McCartney 321. It's a six-episode limited series where Paul McCartney and producer Rick Rubin talk about Paul's career. That's terrific. I just think we've had a few of those along many, the way. How many episodes? Six. Really? I, I've seen, there in my lifetime, I've got to have seen at least a dozen either Paul McCartney or Beatle-esque yeah. documents. I've heard the story. <laughs> love, love me do. I don't need to hear it again. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a little much. Six episodes seems a little much. Yeah. I think they could probably crank that down into one. It's enough already. This is one of the things I think I appreciate about like Mick Jagger and the Stones. They spend very little time looking back. Mm. You don't. You know, there's been some documentaries. There's been some things, but my gosh, every time you turn around and Paul McCartney's being interviewed by somebody. So when you wrote yesterday. Okay, we'll tell that story again. Right, yeah. You know, anyhow. I mean, well, I mean, he did the uh, uh, carpool karaoke. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was that was fun. That's 20 minutes, you yep. know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all you really need. And, and that's why I love things like ESPN does their 30 for 30, mm-hmm. right? Like, great stories, mm. 30 minutes. Yeah. In Boom. and out. In and out. Yeah. Uh, James Gandolfini was offered a role on The Office. NBC wanted him to replace Steve Carell after he left. Wow. What a strange situation there. This would have been, I guess, after The Sopranos had wrapped. Yeah. They offered him $4 million. HBO got very upset at this idea. They paid him $3 million just to turn it down. Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, there's a Talking Sopranos podcast, and Ricky Gervais was the guest. And he heard that story for the first time. Uh, he suggests that uh, ABO just wanted to keep the legacy of the Sopranos pure. They didn't want him going off and doing a sitcom. Well, maybe they had other things in mind for him, too, yeah. right? Other roles that yep. would not be sitcom-esque yeah. Yeah. or to continue on the Tony Soprano character. I, I thought it was weird when The Office went to James Spader mm-hmm. because, you know, I've watched him in The Blacklist where mm-hmm. he's a dark uh, character as well. It just doesn't quite fit the mold. He's a terrific actor, yeah, but mm. it was strange. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, it is said, had a poster of Megan Fox on his bedroom wall when he was a teen. Really? He uh, was uh, crazy crushing on her. Uh, he even had a friend in high school. One classmate recalls 
that Machine Gun uh, Kelly uh, vowed he'd marry Megan one day. This was when they were in high school. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look whoa, at that. Whoa. How does that work? Well, I guess he was, he's born in like 1990. So he was in high school in like 2000. She would have been doing like Transformers so? and stuff. Yeah, I guess that that's point. probably when, when Transformers came out. Yeah. Weird. Um, Mila Kunis talked Ashton Kutcher out of going on that Virgin Galactic uh, space trip. Oh, really? He had bought a ticket, but she's like, uh, you've got young kids. I think I want you to stay home. I'd rather you stay alive. So he gave it up. He sold the ticket back. And she was just in Whitby or something, supposedly filming something like last week. I waited for her to call me. Uh, <laughs> she didn't. Sometimes stay with Ashton. Fine. You don't want all this? <laughs> Mila, what, what, yeah. what were you thinking? Yeah, that's right. I, we, we had a table at the Royal Oak. That's right. That's right. Come for a ride in my 05. Right. Uh, so he sold his ticket back. He says he'd like to go up one day, maybe when the kids are older. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez went house hunting in L.A. Of course they do. Man, that's moved along quickly. They checked out a few mansions with a uh, real estate agent, including a 31,000-square-foot joint that's on the market for $65 million and has its own bowling alley. Right. But I mean, they both have homes already. I was going to say, at this stage, uh, you know, just move into one of them yeah, yeah. or shack up between the two of them. <laughs> or J-Lo, I mean, you got hundreds of millions. You can go yeah. buy one yeah. and just call it the Ben Shack or whatever. Like, like there's, there's really no need, is there? And, uh, Have they learned nothing no, from no. from their past histories? I guess not. And it just it's like I would be so uh you know shy to say I'm gonna make this commitment to a thirty one thousand square foot sixty five million dollar mansion with a woman who can't keep a relationship going more than six months. Although is that really a commitment? Thirty one thousand square feet. There's enough square feet. You never have to see each other. <laughs> Yeah. You can separate. Yeah. You know, a 1,300 square foot yeah. Yeah. is a commitment. You know what would be so annoying, honestly? I can walk into my poo hut, <laughs> yell for Maria. I got to go floor <laughs> to floor looking for her. Can't find her. Can't find her in my little poo hut. Can you imagine opening the front door of your 31,000 square foot? Home? Adrian! <laughs> That's the reason. That's what I tell her. That's why we're not moving up. <laughs> To yeah. a bigger home? Yeah. I can never find you. <laughs> I know. I walk around my house yelling her name. I can only imagine. I've walked 18,000 square feet. Where is she? Uh, I think the boys ignore you now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until they're four flights in yeah. an elevator away. <laughs> I'm home. Where is everybody? <laughs> Way back here. Unbelievable. Anyhow, and Netflix is trying something new, or it is rumored they're trying something new. They want to start uh, streaming video games. I heard that. They're yeah. getting into the video game. They've hired like an executive from EA Sports. Yeah. A former EA Sports executive to get into the video game idea, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, I remember in hotels, they'd have that kind of thing. Same kind go of, there, yeah. Right? You could go and you, basically you get the, the controller and you just start streaming in. It's believed that there would be a mix of licensed Netflix uh, properties like a Stranger Things game, and then they'd have original work commissioned from independent studios. Uh, the games will be download-based, it sounds like, not streaming. So they might be limited right now to your mobile device and not playable on TV, but we'll see. And they're saying they won't charge more. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go with yeah. that. My Coke dealer <laughs> said the same thing. Let's <laughs> get you hooked, and then we see what happens. I love this story. This is great. 
is a kindergarten teacher in the UK shared a photo on Twitter after she asked her new students to uh, write down one thing they wanted her to know about them. So, you know, they're like grade uh, age five, whatever they are in kindergarten, four and five. Uh, so they, uh, she wants to get to know her new students, and she asked them to uh, share something. And one kid wrote, I take a long time to poo. <laughs> he says, he says, now, actually, uh, I say he says, I don't even know if it's a he or a she, but okay. our assumption is it's a boy because right. boys never stop thinking pooping and peeing and tooting is funny. Uh, he claims his record is two hours and 15 minutes on the My job. My goodness. Yeah. So the teacher was a, t- a little concerned, so she reached out to the kid's parents. She was worried there might be a health concern. The parents said, no, he's fine. Okay, so it is a boy. He's fine. <laughs> he doesn't have any issues on the toilet. They told him he was just making a joke. Two hours. This kid's going to go far. <laughs> I love him. I love that kid. He's already planning it. Remember when you were in school and you had to put up your hand? I can I go to the washroom, miss? Right. Oh, gonna, yeah. Mister, can I go to the washroom? He's already figuring out if he... Pops out around recess, first go around. Doesn't have to return until just before lunch. <laughs> it's a good deal. That was fun, actually, listening in on some of the virtual school. Mm. And, and you know, right after recess or right after lunch, you know, teachers in the middle mm. of whatever the lesson may be, and, you know, they can raise their virtual hand on Zoom. and like, oh, yes, what is it? Can I go to the bathroom? Like, oh, my goodness. You remember there was an age where you had to ask to go. You had to ask, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things you don't think of, actually, with uh, teachers and having all those kids in a classroom, especially after lunch. I bet it gets ripe in some of those classrooms. Oh, Those little buggers would be dropping their guts, and they love it. Especially things like like a portable, too. Oh. Can't get out of there that quickly. Oh. Some things, you know, it's weird how some things just stick in your memory. I remember, and I don't, uh, I don't recall what grade it was, maybe like two or three. For some reason, we had constructed in the classroom this big cardboard kind of castle. We had all gotten involved in bringing in the cardboard and making it. It was this elaborate thing that you, we could all crawl through. Somebody in the midst of, I guess, building it or one day, uh, some kid in that thing, me probably, <laughs> Dropped his guts oh. so badly in this thing, it smelt like rotten eggs and exploded. <laughs> to this day, that stink is still in my head. <laughs> I think we ended up walking by an egg salad sandwich. Yeah. Did you think about uh, a school up. memory? Yeah, we had to burn down the castle. It was so bad. <laughs> I remember a kid peeing in our class. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it was like grade one. What did your mom say when you got home? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me, Mom. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like just stood I, up and went and peed against the wall. No, no, right under their desk. Oh, peed under. And they, they had an accident in their pants. Well, or I, they I, I, deliberately went. I remember it. I think they asked to go oh. and were told no. Defiant, this kid. Right, well, and then just you know, hey, I gotta go. When you gotta go, you gotta go. That's how they raise them in the Schwabity, baby. <laughs> no messing around. <laughs> and speaking of that area of your body, do you suffer from something called dead butt syndrome? Uh, well, since marriage, yes. <laughs> Uh, it's a term doctors are using now when patients experience pain, numbness, or tingling in their butt from sitting too much. They've seen a lot more of it since the pandemic started. Okay. So they say just get up and move around every 30 minutes. In general, that will help. 
Well, if you're sitting on the toilet for two hours. You know, your butt's dead. <laughs> your butt's dead. Your legs, too. Especially if you've been leaning over and playing the video games a little bit. Sure. It's a killer. <laughs> leaning over on your phone. Yeah. And remember, all of a sudden, you you go to get up, and you can't feel anything from the knees down. Remember what happened in Lethal Weapon? You had to pick him up and jump right? into the tub because yeah. he had the dead butt and the dead legs. If you plan on taking some holidays this summer and find yourself in the ocean, and perhaps you have to try to survive a shark attack, and I hope that never happens. It is shark week, and it's yeah. been pretty crazy yeah. watching some of that. Some experts share some tips on how to uh, survive an attack of a shark. First, don't panic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm dead. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> That's the way to survive it. Yeah. There's no, uh, no chance. Don't panic. Uh, panicking will put a shark in a predatory mode, and uh, just because a shark is around, remember, it doesn't mean they're definitely going to try to eat you. It could be just having a swim. I was watching something this week on Discovery because of Shark Week, and they were saying that yes, you've got to you've got to learn to keep your heart rate calm mm. because they that's what sharks do. They have like these electro sensors mm. that they use to to chase down predators and know what's in a predator or I guess prey in, in the area. And your heart rate, like an EKG, will give mm. off. Uh, that detection to them, and so that's how they know that you're there. Make eye contact and be assertive. I what? It's yeah. not a date. And stand there. Listen, shark, <laughs> you get out of my face. I'm in no mood. Uh, the shark experts say sharks respect assertiveness. So if you see a shark in the water, he suggests making eye contact with it or even pushing it away. Right. If a shark attacks, fight back. Punch and attack the shark however you can. The eyes, nose, and gills are good targets. No matter what, don't play dead. So my curl up in the fetal position and lie in the (laughs) bottom of the ocean. Don't play dead. I'll be dead. Right. Assess your injuries. If you have an arm wound, try to keep it raised above your heart, which will slow the bleeding. Swim to shore and get help. Stay out of the ocean. Just, you know what? If you got a hotel, say you're in Florida, California, but your hotel probably has a pool. Mm. It's enough already. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.